I'm Denise. I'm the Scottish one. And she's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise, the English one. And she's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Editing Podcast. So today is the 30th September 2019, which means it's... It's International Podcast Day! And we love a day, don't we, Denise? World we Book do. Day, International Children's Book Day, International Literacy Day, National Punctuation Day, International Grammar Day. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> in celebration of the power of podcasting, we thought we'd put together a quick bonus episode for you, particularly since we now have downloads in 40 countries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. This, it is amazing. Yeah. So this one will appeal to writers and editors because it serves both parties. Yeah. So we're going to talk about 10 things writers need to tell an editor when they get in touch for the first time to discuss a project, a price and availability. And these are the things that really help your editor work out immediately whether those initial best fit issues are in order or whether to refer the author to a colleague with a different skill set. And that saves time for everyone, which is always good because we're all busy. So let's dig straight into these. You start. Okay. So the first thing an editor needs to know is the word count. That's how we create our first best guess of how long the project will take and what it will cost. Yeah, please don't give us page counts because although there's this ancient thing in some (laughs) editing publishing circles about a page being defined as 250 words, most people in the real world have never heard of that little factoid. Yeah. A page really doesn't count, does it? It doesn't help us determine a price for you because it depends on how many words are on that page and how big that page is and what the font size is and so on. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean about that 250 words to a page thing. It's 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 just a bit odd. <laughs> I think I think it must be a hangover from typewriters, maybe because that's how many words could fit comfortably on a page. Uh. But with modern word processing software, it really doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, whatever the reason, just give us a word count. It leaves no room for confusion. Yeah. And you can find the word count in the bottom left hand corner of the screen in Windows if you're using Word. Or you can go to the ribbon, select review, look in the proofing window and then click on word count. Yeah. So next up is file format. Any prospective editor needs to know whether you're working in Word or some other program. Some editors will only work in Word. Others work directly in content management systems or in Google Docs or in other office programs. The point is that the platform can affect the time an edit will take, the complementary tools that can be used and other issues around onboard functionality. Erin Brenner's episode actually on editing web content highlights some of the issues here. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes, shall we? So the third thing we need to know is the genre or subject of the material. This is really important. So in non-fiction, think about the degree to which a subject specialist will be important. If you're looking for editing for a paper you're submitting to a paleontology journal, the editor needs to know that. They might be a scientific specialist and know a lot about a variety of science subjects, except for paleontology. Or... They might just hate editing paleontology. So I specialise in business and education books, and that's quite broad, but there are still some subject areas I tend to avoid, like maths and science subjects. Yeah, and in fiction, the same thing applies with genre. So I specialise in crime, thrillers and mysteries. And I also do horror, um, non-space opera type of sci-fi and a bit of erotica. But literary fiction and romance, they're not my wheelhouse. So knowing which genre an author is working in really helps me decide whether we're a good fit. So um, 
another link <laughs> why don't we put a link into that bonus episode on editing erotica denise because that was where we talked with maya about subgenre specialisms there too yeah it's a good idea yeah now number four is what other rounds of editing has your book already been through that's important because it helps us understand whether what the author's asking for matches what we think would be required so if someone asks for proofreading but the writing hasn't been edited by anyone beforehand I'd be wondering whether, in fact, copy editing might be more appropriate. It might not be, but it is a nudge for me to dig a bit deeper. Yeah, and that's a really good point. On our very first episode, we covered the different levels of editing, um, just in case you need a recap. But this issue leads on to a fifth thing that we need to know, what type of editing you want. So some authors know what the various stages of editing are, but not every editor offers all of those services. So telling us what you think is required um, helps us work out quickly whether we're a good fit. Yeah, yeah. So next up is audience and where you're publishing. Who are you writing for? The mass market, children, a journal or just your family and friends? Are you trying to get a publishing contract or representation by a literary agent? These things help us work out whether the type of editing you've asked for is appropriate. Yeah, so an example would be if you've written a memoir and you're looking for a proofread, there's been no structural or line work, you just want a final tidy up. Knowing that it's just for distribution to your family and friends will help an editor say yes. Whereas if you were self-publishing to the mass market via Kindle Direct Publishing, for example, we'd probably be more likely to recommend you commission other levels of editing first so that so that your book meets publishing industry standards and engages even the most pedantic of readers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and another example would be with that journal paper we mentioned a few moments ago. Knowing that you're planning to submit to a particular periodical will tell us that we'll need to familiarise ourselves with its preferred citation and referencing style, which affects how long the edit takes. Yeah. Let's talk about time frame now. When do you want the work completed by and is there any flexibility? It's handy to know if you're planning to publish ahead of a particular event or at a special time of year. The thing is, a lot of editors are booked well in advance. So if we know the what by when of your publishing schedule, we can make quick decisions about whether we should continue the conversation with you or refer you to a colleague. Yeah, that's right. So the eighth thing you can tell us is whether you've written anything else. If it's available online, all the better, because that means we can take a look at your writing style and start to work out what we can bring to the table. That's such a good one. One of my new crime fiction clients did that the other day. He linked to a book he'd already self-published and I was able to see immediately that I loved what he was doing, but also how I could help him. I was even able to give him a few examples in my initial email reply and he was really grateful because it showed him my style of editing. So it was mm. kind of us working both ways. And so he was able to get an idea of whether I was the right fit for him too. You must get that with your business clients too, Denise. Yeah, I do. Um, and quite often when it's a business client, it, it might be their first book, the first time they've actually put everything together in, you know, in a, in a long form. But they may already have a well-established blog. Uh, and that's really useful for me to go to to get a sense of their writing style. That makes sense. Yeah. And that leads on nicely to number nine. If you haven't written anything else or if it's not publicly accessible, that's fine. But in that case, let us know if you can send a sample. Again, we're talking about being able to evaluate writing style and work out whether we're a good fit. And in nonfiction, it also means getting an idea of what the different elements of the book are. So will there be a lot of complex figures or tables and other call outs that will need tagging or styling? 
And in fiction, editors will want to see examples of narrative and dialogue so we can evaluate where the strengths and weaknesses are. We've done an episode on sample edits, so we'll pop that into the show notes for you too. So there is one thing that editors love to know, and um, we're being a bit greedy here because of, of the <laughs> 10 things that we've mentioned. This is the only one that really benefits us. That's right, it does. So if you'd be good enough to tell us how you found us when you get in touch, we'll be eternally grateful. It helps us to run our editing businesses more efficiently. And actually, it can benefit you because if we discover that a particular directory is where a lot of authors are coming from, we're more likely to add useful information to that. Yeah, so we can add resources there or other useful links that'll help you on your publishing journey. So that's it. We hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Editing Podcast. You can rate, review and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever other platform you prefer. And if you have any questions, get in touch with us via the Editing Podcast Facebook page. And we'll put all the links we've mentioned in the show notes so you can grab everything there. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.